0: As you are developing these different, you know, we are building out our business and adding in new services. And as we are doing those things, my team are developing the SOPs and writing these things up and making sure that we're documenting the processes and the workflows that we are developing so that we can reproduce it at the same standard, at the same quality that we always wanted. And we could do it over and over and over again. It gives you as a CEO so much peace of mind and an incredible feeling of freedom. Welcome to the 7 Figure Freedom Podcast, where ambitious CEOs turn to transition from being the doer of the business to being the leader of the empire. I'm Madeline White-Silva. I'll share my real-life struggles and breakthroughs as I've scaled my businesses and grown a team that run the day-to-day without me, so that now I run my 7 Figure business on three-day work weeks. Join our community of visionary entrepreneurs and transformational leaders as we create lasting impact, financial freedom, and an awesome, rewarding life with a powerhouse team by your side. Hello, hello. So today I am recording, sitting in my little home office in Sweden, in our apartment here. We are now three weeks into our three-month stay in Europe, where we're spending the summer escaping the Texas heat. Getting out of, you know, 96 degree weather with 70% humidity, which to me just feels incredibly suffocating. And we are hanging out in Europe for some time. And first, we're going to be here in Sweden where I grew up and most of my family lives. And then we're going to be heading down to Switzerland where I'm born and spending some time down there as well. And so, you know, we're going to be here for about three and a half months. And gallivanting around Europe, spending time with family and friends. Both me and my husband, we are turning 50 this summer, so it's a big deal. And I have my best friend from high school is turning 50, both her and her husband. And we're having a friend flying in from Australia that we also went to high school with, who's coming in to celebrate with all of us. And we all meeting out down on Mallorca, a little island, a part of Spain, hanging out in the middle of the Mediterranean in a few days. And so really exciting. This has been a long term dream for me to have this level of freedom in my business and freedom in my life to be able to live part time in Europe and part time in the U.S. You know, 30 plus years into this journey of living in the U.S., I must say at times I miss Europe for sure. But when I'm here for a long time, there's definitely things that I miss about the U.S. as well. So it's really sweet to be able to do both. So one of the questions I've been getting from friends and clients and, you know, just in general, people commenting on social media posts is like, holy moly, how do you do that? How do you take off and spend part of your time in Europe? Now, you talk a lot about the digital nomads. I mean, it's a lot of people doing the digital nomad lifestyle. But what I find is that a lot of those people are just hustling, right? They're hustling. So they're just working from different locations. Which I would say if you are working a lot and you're putting in a lot of hours every week and you need to be available for your team and be able to support them. And it's very difficult to be living in different time zones and traveling a lot, trying to figure out how you're going to get good Wi-Fi and run meetings and, you know, be effective at your work if you are constantly, you know, traveling and doing a lot of different things. So there's a few other things that I think needs to be in place to actually give you the freedom to enjoy the traveling and having spaciousness around you and really get to the place where you get to enjoy the place where you're visiting and really get to soak in the journey of it all and you're not just working from a new location. And so I wanted to go over what those things are. There's six things that I've identified that I think you absolutely would need to have in place. To make this super successful, fun, and easy for you, the CEO, to have this level of freedom for yourself. So, I think the number one thing is to have recurring income in your business. So, you want to have a really nice, you know, healthy recurring income. And you know, so many of the businesses in the online space operate off launches. So they only make money certain times a year. Most of the money comes into in those times, and the rest of the time. They don't have enough cash flow month to month to cover the bills, so they're juggling. They're hustling and juggling and trying to make sales in between as they can, or they're just trying to save the money they made for the launches to cover expenses throughout the year. And they don't really have a nice, steady, monthly recurring income that comes in month after month that covers them and gives them the sense of spaciousness and ease in Paying the bills and delivering on their responsibilities, and also have a little bit of a slush, a little bit of ease around finances. So that becomes increasingly important when you're traveling all the time and you're out and about in the world, and you don't want to constantly feel like you have your back against the wall and stressing about finances. And there might be some new expenses, so maybe you're spending a little bit more or you want to experience something while you're out and about traveling in a different country. Uh, You want to make sure that you have a little bit of extra money in the bank and also that you have that money coming in month after month. So you have this consistency and ease in moving about your day. Number two, you want to have a really highly profitable business, right? So that there is extra money in the bank for the unexpected expenses, obviously, You know, we had to pay rent for the apartment we're staying in here in Sweden. We're renting a car for the three and a half months we're here. You know, this added expenses for living abroad like this, that you want to make sure that you can cover with ease and, you know, you don't have to worry about how to make payroll or cutting back on experiences while you're traveling, right? So you want to make sure you have a healthy, profitable business. The scary part about most businesses are not profitable. So over 50% of businesses in the U.S. are running barely breaking even, right? So you need to get on the other side of that. And I say you shouldn't spend more than about 50 to 40% of your total gross revenue on operational costs. That means payroll and all everything what it takes to keep your business working. That means all your marketing, your ad spend, your payroll, operations, all the apps and support that you need in your business. You shouldn't spend more than 40 to 50% on those things. And that is how you end up with a highly profitable business. And that gives you a lot of flexibility and ease. So it's important to really watch how you are spending your money in your business. So often, I find that business owners, as their revenue grows, they just grow their overhead. And so even though they double or triple their income, they still don't have a profitable business because they start to invest in ways that doesn't necessarily make sense for where they're heading. So it's really important to watch how you spend the money in your business. Number three, it's, you know, this is a really big one, but it's starting to eliminate your involvement in the day-to-day of your business. So if you are constantly involved in just, making sure that your business is operational and that you are delivering on the promises to your clients day to day. And you have to be in your business all the time to make sure that everything is running smoothly and that everything is being taken care of. It makes it really hard to step away and have spaciousness enough to enjoy living abroad or doing something, taking instead of time off. So, starting to really looking at how you are spending your time and delegating a task that somebody else can do for you, now, this always gets a little tricky because so many CEOs have tried to delegate tasks and haven't had a great experience with it. I had a team member that couldn't quite deliver. That is a lot of times I run into CEOs that feel like only they can do the things that they do. But I'm most of the time when we sit down and we actually look at what they're doing, I promise you, about ninety percent of the things on their list somebody else on that team can be doing for them and honestly really should be doing for them so that you really have the spaciousness and time to be a true CEO and think strategically about your business, you need a lot of empty space. And this is one thing that most CEOs really don't value or I would say they don't realize how important it is to have spaciousness to think strategically about your business. But especially if you want to go off gallivanting in a foreign country for a few months, you definitely don't want to be involved in your business day to day and be the pure driving force behind your business. Because then even if you just if you're in a different country, it doesn't change. You just got to be hustling hard and working long hours and maybe crazy hours because now the time zones are all wacky. Right. So one thing here when I'm in Europe, hours are totally different. You know, so I've been operating my business since the very beginning on a three-day work week. And so while I'm here, I continuing that. So that's how my business is set up from the beginning. My team works five days a week and they manage the day-to-day and I work those three days. And right now when I'm in Europe, I start working around four or five in the afternoon and I work till about eight or nine in the evening, depending on the day. And I only do the stuff that absolutely I'm the only one that can do. And so that means supporting the team and being face forward with clients and delivering some of our content creation, like, you know, recording a podcast and stuff like that. So, and then the rest, my team is managing. They're running the day-to-day. They, you know, they actually do an amazing job. Like just, they blow in my mind right now. And I would also say this can happen really fast. So not that long ago, like, I don't know, six months ago, it was pretty much just me and Leona, my operations manager who runs the show at my business. And it was just the two of us. And we had a little, we had somebody who was a techie VA, was helping out a few hours a week. But for the most part, that was it. That was our team. And we have slowly integrated the team and we now have a team of nine people working with us in all different aspects of our business. And we have built that business out, of you know, that team over the last six months so that now here we are, but, you know, we just, the last hire we hired this Monday, okay? And my team is onboarding her and getting her trained up and getting her situated. You know, we have three other team members that have only been with us for about two months. And so it's a very new team and we're building it out slowly and and purposefully. But what makes it work is that number four is that we have developed a self-managing team. Okay, so there's really two things that you need to have in place to have a self-managing team. A team that can run the business for you, but also run it to the level of your standards and at the quality that you want. So your team, just like you need a team around you, your team need guardrails around them. And the guardrails that they need is the structure that tells them how to behave and how to show up and how to do their work really well. And there's two guardrails. On the one side, there is the agreements that you made with your team. These are more about the policies and procedures, how you want them to operate in your business. What is your core values? What is your mission? You know, what is your communication style? What are the deadlines in your business? These are your employee handbook pieces. And so those really clear agreements are very important to have in place. It's also what really makes up your company culture and how you're developing that culture. Right. So these are the things that I personally go over with every new hire, make sure that they are on board and understand what those agreements are. So that we agree on those right from the beginning, and they know how to show up and be successful in my business and what I expect of them. Okay, so that's guardrail number one. That is really driven by the CEO. It's something that you create, it's customized and personalized to how you want the business run and what kind of agreements are really important to you, right? And behaviors and policies. These are the things that when not in place, when you don't have clear agreements in place, these are the things that kind of drive you completely nuts about employees and the things that annoys you the most and things that you constantly feel like you're having to nag your team about. So anytime you're having any of those back-end hassles where you're getting annoyed or you feel like you're nagging somebody about something, you want to create a really clear agreement that you can put in place and communicate at the time of hiring. The next thing, the other part of the guardrails are the SOPs, the standard operational procedures. Now, many of my CEOs are like, oh, I can't stand SOPs. You know, I don't really care about them that much. I don't know, you know, when do we really need them? But SOPs are really powerful because when you have a culture like we do in my company that Every single person on my team write SOPs, Standard Operational Procedures. We have an SOP library. We're constantly developing new SOPs for everything that we do. And we really develop the quality and the standard of the work that we do and how we deliver it. And we create systematized processes for how we do those things. And what that means is that it creates a lot of redundancy in our business. It makes it easy to execute at the level of quality and standard that we want things to be delivered at to our clients and maintain that across the board and across our team. Even when we have brand new hires, even when somebody is out sick and somebody else has to cover for them, we still keep those standards because anybody on my team can take an SOP and follow along and execute on what needs to get done because that is the level of detail that those standard operational procedures are written at. I call it, we have to plan for random intelligence, meaning that anybody on my team should be able to step into anybody else's position and be able to pick up where they left off and be able to complete a task following the standard operational procedures developed. So this is really important. The agreements and the SOPs create the guardrails so that you have a self-managing team That means that you don't have to micromanage, you don't have to tell them what to do, you don't really have to give them tasks so they have enough to do for the day. They know what their responsibilities are, they're executing on them to the standard that you have set, and they do it over and over again in a very strategic and repetitive pattern so that you don't have to constantly check if they're doing their job. Okay, this is a key piece to give you, the CEO, peace of mind. And again, don't forget, just six months ago, it was just two of us. Now there's nine of us. And so you can develop this as you're building out your team. And as you are developing these different, you know, we are building out our business and adding in new services. And as we are doing those things, my team are developing the SOPs and writing these things up and making sure that we're documenting the processes and the workflows that we are developing so that we can reproduce it at the same standard, at the same quality that we always wanted. And we could do it over and over and over again. It gives you as a CEO so much peace of mind and an incredible feeling of freedom. So right now you can get my super simple team assessment process that helps me evaluate my current team, identify if I need to hire somebody else, what kind of training my team members need, who is worth investing in and who needs to be more challenged to grow with a company and really turning those less than motivated team members into productive, valuating, value-adding team players. It's an on-demand five-part video series that will walk you through the whole process. It's totally free and you can find it at hello 7 team team team-assessment-video-series. We'll make sure to add the link in the show notes and let me know. Number five is this is actually not something that necessarily is necessary, but it will make your life so much easier. And that is you want to have a project manager running the show. So, you know, so Leona's been with me. I, we probably worked together for a good nine years. She's amazing. She hasn't been an operations manager or product manager in the past. So we've developed her into that role. She's been working with me in this business for about two years or so. She worked in my previous business that I sold in 2016. And I asked her to come and work with me again. And so she has. And she's amazing. And she's been developed into this position very strategically and with my support. And she's just excelled and grown so much in a very short amount of time. And so we really started developing her again about six months ago as we started to building out the team. We started to really position her as the project manager, operations manager of my business. And the reason I don't use operations manager as much is because I find that online business manager and operations manager, CEOs, oftentimes do not have the operational or team skills and knowledge to be effective in that role and really drive the growth for a small online business the way I would like to. So what we do in my business, we actually develop project managers that we now install in our clients' businesses that has those qualities that we really are looking for. Obviously, it makes my life incredibly fantastic and easy because my project manager is running the show and it's the first line of defense when anytime my clients or my team has questions, specifically my team, they can go to Leona and ask her questions first. And they're always in collaboration and communication. She's always making sure that the team members have deadlines and so that stay on top of those deadlines and so that projects will be moving forward, that we are documenting SOPs for everything we do. She's the one who's managing all of those pieces with the team. Now, The reason she's so effective in her role, and this is really important for you as a CEO to understand, is because we have the guardrails in place. So you cannot bring in a project manager to think that they're going to be effective in managing your team and managing the day-to-day of your business unless you have put the guardrails in place of the SOPs and the agreements around your team so that there's a standard of how to show up in your business. And that is something that you have introduced to the team and you are also reinforcing on the background, right? When you are showing up, you are holding those things that's very important and in high regard, and you're holding people accountable to those SOPs and the agreements that they made when they first were hired. Now, if you as a CEO are doing that piece, then you could hire a project manager to reinforce those things. They are simply holding up your policies and procedures that you have put in place and the team knows that, which makes it very easy for the product manager to reinforce it. If you haven't put the SFPs in the agreements in place and you bring in a project manager somewhere in the middle there and they having to kind of make this stuff up, it gets very sticky and most of the time your team are not going to put up with it. They're going to be annoyed with a project manager. That's going to be some dissension. You're going to have to rush in and fix things. It gets messy. So it's really important to put the guardrails in place. The SOP and the agreements first, then you can bring in and develop a project manager to really run those pieces and be very effective at running the day-to-day of your business and supporting your team, which means that just they really are eliminating you from the day-to-day. So me and Leona, we play in this game of her taking over at least 70% of the things that I do. And we're getting very close. And I think especially right now when I'm, Here in Europe, gallivanting around for the summer, she's taking so much off my plate. And I'm literally just showing up for client appointments and a couple of team meetings a week. That's it. And she's doing the rest. And the team is running the show. And so that allows me to have, you know, a lot of time to spend with my family and enjoying my time here and being able to travel to different parts of Europe while I'm here. And just, you know, having a lot of free time spending on the beach and just enjoying myself. And, you know, obviously part of why I'm enjoying it so much is because I know that everything in my business is being run really smoothly. It's being run well. It's being well overseen. I don't have to worry about things going off track or, you know, the team going rogue or losing sight of what matters because we have the SAPs and agreements in place. And then Leona supports the team. The other thing, which is number six, which is the last piece is to have excellent communication with yourself and the team. So we have really clear ways of how we communicate with clients and who communicate with clients. All of our clients have access to me and the team via Voxer, which means that we get messages all the time from clients about questions and, and you know, things that they need and resources they're looking for. And we have different team members responsible for how to respond for those messages so that I am not constantly being pulled into those day-to-day messages. But also there's not like three or four people trying to answer those questions and we're not answering those in different ways. We have very clear ways that we communicate. So that's really important piece so that create consistency and clarity in the communication with clients which has been established and that's working phenomenally well, right? It really gets me out of the loop. The other piece is excellent communication with your team. So we utilize Slack as our day-to-day communication channel, and that's our primary way of communicating as a team. Now, I'll say this. My team knows that I'm working Tuesday, Wednesdays, and Thursdays between 4 or 5 to about 8 and 9. They know when I'm kind of on. And so usually what happens every Monday, I get an update from the whole team, from Leona, and my my project manager who runs the business for me. She sends me an update with everything, everybody, what everybody's working on, where we at with all the projects and how things are going. Okay. On top of that, my project managers, every Monday, they send out an email to all of our clients with a walkthrough of the project they're working on. Talking about what they're getting done, what percentage of the project is complete at this point, and giving all our clients an update. So I'm always cupping in on those emails so I get a really good idea and kind of an update of what's happening. Now, when I'm here in Europe, I'm not looking at those things necessarily on a Monday. I usually look at those on a Tuesday when I'm about to check in. So maybe I start reorienting myself to work around 3 p.m. in the afternoon and I look at you know, what's come in, what's the updates, and I kind of get familiar with, with everything that's going on, responding to my team, making sure they have everything that they need, and we're off to the races. So it's a very streamlined, great communication process. My team knows that if they need me, they can message me on Slack and get a hold of me, and I do have the app on my phone so I can be in contact as I'm traveling. And if somebody really needs something, of course, I'm going to always be available to my team. But it rarely happens because of all of the things I just walked you through. And this is what allows me the freedom to take some time away and really have this leisurely experience of even though three and a half months here, I'm still showing up committed. We're still delivering phenomenal services to our clients. None of that is being, you know, put to the wayside by me being here enjoying this time. So you really do get to have both when you have the right structure and processes in place. And this is like my favorite thing to establish for CEOs and really put in place. And this is why the accelerated program is really all about. It's the putting this level of processes and procedures or systems into your business so that you can have this level of freedom and support and peace of mind, and you know, we, the very first thing we do is the cash flow piece. Where we really help you getting that recurrent income and profitable business set up in the first ninety days. Most of our clients add an extra hundred to three hundred thousand dollars in extra revenue, and then we really look at how do you eliminate yourself from the involved in the day to day. What is the guardrails that we want to put in place? Your company culture, the agreements that you want to keep your team accountable to, and the SOPs that you need to develop that's where we bring in a project manager that actually develop all of the operational structure that you need to have in place. We bring somebody in to do that for you, or you could have you and your team do it by yourself as well. We have two options, but for the most part, people choose to just have us do it. We step in and we'll do it all for you so that you and your team can focus on Growing the business and delivering to your clients. And so we step in, we do those pieces. That's the next operational build out. And then the last, the next piece is the team install. We really installed your dream team for you. That's getting your project manager and executive assistants and getting your whole team built out so that you can really get out of the day to day 100%, almost, right? And you can just focus on your zone of genius. So we really help you develop those pieces and get the right team members in the right spots. And the excellent communication, we really checks in on the checks and balances so that you know how your team should be communicating with you so that even though you're taking you know, your foot off the gas pedal, you're not completely unaware of what's going on. So this is one of the challenges that I see a lot of or mistakes that a lot of CEOs are making is that they've been so ingrained in a business on such a minute, detailed level for so long, micromanaging everything, that by the time they get a little bit of freedom back, they just take the foot off the gas pedal completely and they don't even want to be involved anymore and just hand it all back over to somebody else. That doesn't actually really work. It gives you a little bit of freedom for a short period of time, but eventually that trade is going to go off the rails because you haven't really put the guardrails in place very clearly and you haven't stayed in communication with your team. And they're not mind readers. I know what we want them to be, but they're not. They're going to need your input. And this is why we, we built this out very strategically and really put the checks and balances in place along the way too, so that you have this feedback loop that happens between you and your team to really getting everybody dialed in And again, this can happen very quickly. You know, I said on this podcast several times that, you know, my team is really new. In some ways, we are developing a lot of new processes and procedures because we're building out the business in a more strategic way, in a way that really supports our clients in developing and having these pieces put in place. You know, we are really looking to create a done for you solution that you can just step in and we'll create this whole process for you in your business. So I hope that's helpful. I hope that gives you a little bit behind the scenes look into that how we made this possible and how you could have this level of freedom for yourself as a CEO and being able to step away and really enjoy your business, reap the benefits of the hard work that you put in. And it's not just all about hustle, but it really is about enjoying life and having the time. With the people that you love the most and the people that really matters to you. You know, it's, this is so amazing. My husband is here with me for three and a half months. He actually quit his job before we left. So we've been able to retire him from his day job and he's now hundred percent focused on his music career. You know, he's here three and a half months with me and we are doing this whole experience together. And it's been absolutely amazing. Like I said, we're just three weeks in really excited. We're going to be here for a couple of more months. And I'll be recording more podcasts from here and telling you about the journey. So tune in and we'll talk soon. Thanks for tuning in to the 7 Figure Freedom podcast. I hope this episode sparked a shift in perspective to help you amplify your impact, income, and freedom. Schedule a call with me today. You'll find the scheduling link in the show notes to take the first step towards gaining clarity on how to bring your vision to life with more ease. Check the show notes for additional resources.